2: Blue Wire.
3: NBA most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo.
2: Giannis trailing the lob. Oh! Oh!
4: Hello and welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Today's super episode is brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online. I am here as always with my super co host, Rohan Kadi, but this time we're also joined by Taylor Peterson and Jacob Niffin of the uncontested Blue Wire's fantastic OKC Thunder podcast to talk about a ton of potential trades. Involving the Thunder and Bucks, including, of course, Chris Paul deals. Without further ado, here's our convo with the terrific uncontested guys.
3: Hey guys, this is Jacob with the uncontested podcast. We have a special Blue Wire podcast crossover episode for you today. You've got me and Taylor from the uncontested. We've got Ty and Rohan from the Eurostep podcast. Ty, Rohan, how are you guys doing?
4: I Pretty well, pretty well. I didn't know which of us was going to go first, so I will. For anyone on the uncontested unaware of us, I am Ty Windish of the Eurostep, and I am here, as always, with my wonderful co-host. I still found a way to sort of do our intro after the intro, which is weird, <laughs> but I am here with... Oh, is that Mike? is that
5: where yeah, I'm supposed to was you. Yeah, oh,
3: hi, yep. I'm Rohan. Uh, uh, <laughs> is, just you know? so all the listeners know, we talked a bunch of shit about
1: how we are professional podcasters. How right seamless we all of our transitions were going to be this podcast, and, <laughs> and then we all four just messed it up at the very beginning. Yes. Just perfect. So, well,
3: uh, and, and for the Eurostep listeners, I'm Jacob Niffen of The Young Contested, and we have Taylor Peterson along with us
1: as well. How's it going, guys? Uh,
3: happy trade season. I guess happy I guess. trade season. trade <laughs> season. We we are almost there. I am. We're sitting back talking NBA trades. I'm watching Boston play
1: the Miami Heat just, right now. Just about to say, Ty Rohan. I don't know if, if I sh- if we should apologize for making you guys podcast late enough that you can't watch the Easter Conference Finals, or if uh, you guys are thankful you're not having to watch the Heat
5: <laughs> play the Celtics. Listen, listen. It's 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 okay. I'm currently not watching the game. Yeah, but fair. You know what? It's fine. No ill will towards the Heat. If we were to lose to anyone, we've said this before. Just the heat, like Heat fans, they're so respectful. They, like at least from our experience, like that's, kudos that's cool. to them. Very cool.
1: Hey, I, I will say, I don't only really say that because I think the uh, the Rockets-Laker series is probably the series I watched the least, or the games I watched the least since like the <laughs> bubble even started. I just couldn't bring myself to it.
4: <laughs> I totally get that. I like if it. I don't know. If I just feel like the Bucks were like a horse with a bum leg, but like it, I don't blame the Heat for making the decision that had to be done to like <laughs> take care of the Bucks season yeah <laughs> like it, it had to be taken care of the heat were the strong man to do it a strong woman strong farmer to do it and now it's done so it's like i'm just like you know what they did what had to be done i told i get i see the vision <laughs> uh, that
1: is that's, that's an good.
3: incredible analogy <laughs> um so ty rohan for the uncontested listeners here uh, I wanted to take a, f- a few quick moments and kind of talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, where you guys and Milwaukee fans are really at at this point. Uh, obviously, after the gentleman sweep in the conference semifinals, what are your thoughts about the end of the season, how it ended, and obviously everything surrounding Milwaukee right now surrounds Giannis Antetokounmpo. uh the extension that is available this summer. Will he sign it? Is he going to demand a trade? Will. Will the Bucks trade him? Are they going to play out the last season regardless? I'm sure it's nauseating for you guys to constantly have to go over this and over this again. But you know what? I'm here to ask it one more time. <laughs> how, how, do, how does the end of the season feel? Where are you guys at? And where is the team at mentally? And what's up with all the Giannis talk?
5: It just, the word I keep coming back to is it just feels empty. Like the season was hyped up to be at least pre- before the shutdown. It was just supposed to be like Milwaukee's time to shine. You know, it was our chance to go win the title. Giannis was going to sign his massive extension. And then, you know, like the world collapsed. Uh, and then so, and when the Bucks sort of came back, they didn't look the same. They just kind of looked disjointed. And it was just ultimately an extremely disappointing ending to what was promised to be a great season. And unfortunately, it came down to errors that we, at least I and I, we have been talking about all season long that, you know, there were certain like red flags that we were seeing in Milwaukee's game throughout the regular season that we were saying, oh, this is going to be a problem in the postseason, especially against a team like Miami. And it, it ended up playing out that way. And it was just, it was disappointing and it felt empty.
4: Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, it's, it was just so frustrating because, like, during the, the driest parts in terms of content of the shutdown, we did a series called Binge the Bucks that somehow always comes, comes back every single episode of the Eurostep that we did this because I think people are genuinely amazed that we subjected ourselves. We watched every single game in the 2019 playoff run and did a podcast for every game. We rewatched all of them. Of course, like a totally great run. It, it's, it, it wasn't worth it, but a totally <laughs> great run until the last four, of course, which were all losses to the Raptors. And the frustrating thing about doing that right before this playoffs was so many of the things that we took away from that you know flame out in the eastern conference finals about like teams building a wall and the bucks not being not having smart enough rotations and not being diligent enough on either end and not being not conducting themselves like a championship team with regards to turnovers or blowing or just playing dumb defense it just felt like so many of the same issues came up again which made it really demoralizing like it's not like you know, even if they lost in the second round, it would still be a failure for their expectations, but it would be more, less empty, I'll, I'll say, if, like, they trade blows with Miami over a seven-game series, and the Heat just play great basketball and win. At the end of the day, it sucks, but you can live with that easier. Right. This, it was like the Bucks just went out there and pooped the bed, like, repeatedly, and that's the why they lost in five games, and that was, it wasn't just, like, a series loss. It was, like, a series embarrassment like you like you mentioned a gentleman sweep so that part of it really stings Giannis's response has made it a lot easier to bear it seems like for at least one more year he's gonna want to run it back with the Bucs well not completely run it back but he wants to give this at least one more shot in Milwaukee which thank goodness Giannis is Giannis I, I think a lot of people right. myself included would understand if he didn't want to do that but it sounds like he does so that that at least has made it a little bit easier
1: that was, I mean, you had the comments right after uh, the loss where you know he came out saying you know that uh, how he's looking forward to building a a championship culture in Milwaukee for you know I, I don't remember the exact verbiage he used, but years or uh, decades to come. Um, and then, like you said, uh, he tied that he met with uh, with management and actually had a meeting um, and got to sit down with them in ownership and say, "Look, I want to stay here." but you guys have to help me out here a little bit. Like, I want to be able to win. Um, And apparently they had a a fairly decent conversation um, and and, and talked about potentially, you know, spending spending more, going to the luxury tax to help Giannis out and to compete for these championships. So you're right. There's a lot of positive signs after that loss, I think, that you guys at least can hold on to, like you said, even if it's just for this next season. Um, But I think some of those comments that Giannis has made is, is, been almost has, has almost seemed more long-term I think and uh, more not, not quite so nearsighted I guess
5: I think he's he's more of a guy he seems like he, he wants to be like a Tim Duncan he wants to be like a Kobe he wants to be like a Dirk he wants to just stay with the same team but he also realizes the current NBA landscape and he right. wants to be able to you know be on a contending team so he, I think I think his mindset is hey I want to stay here but you guys have to you know let me keep wanting to stay here (laughs) otherwise if you just if you just don't do anything i'm i'm gonna have to leave it's sort of like i want to be here for the long haul but you know like if the writing's on the wall
4: i'm gonna take my exit yeah he wants to be he wants to be seen as an all-time great and i think that's that's plainly obvious i mean like he already has, you know, the regular season accolades of a player like that. I mean, not many guys get two MVPs. I think only three have gotten MVP and DPOY in the same season. So, like, clearly he's on that path. But I think Giannis is acutely aware that, like, winning championships is the way to really cement yourself in that top whatever. I mean, he idolized Kobe. And, of course, so much of Kobe's mystique is the five rings. So I, I, think, I think it's really smart what he's doing in, like, kind of really putting the ball in the Bucks' court, so to speak, of like, listen, I will stay here. I want to stay here, but like, I'm not just going to blindly stay here my whole career if you are not going to build a winner. Like, he's putting out the piece, he's put that out there for a few years now, honestly, that like, I, I don't have a problem staying in Milwaukee, but I do have a problem if like, they're costing me prime years that I should be using to contend for titles. So I think it's a smart play on his part. I think the Bucks, for their part, feel pretty good about the chance of him potentially signing the Supermax. I, I think they do. I-, I wrote this the other day. My new theory is that I actually do think he's going to sign it, even if the plan isn't to stay until 2026. Maybe there's like a- an understanding that if in a year or two it's just not working out, that they will be very, very accommodating for him asking to be traded somewhere else, which seems very anti Giannis, but I think he would maybe prefer that to playing out this last year of his deal, which I think we all know. Everyone here covers a small market team who's been in a situation like this before. The media gets pretty unbearable for a guy like Giannis in the last year of his deal. I don't think he wants to deal with that, so we'll see. I could totally be wrong. It's mostly just speculation, but I do know like the Bucks feel pretty solid about where they're at, which seems like seems better than I anticipated. Like right at the end of game five.
3: So, at the the entire time you were you were talking there, and maybe the the Eurostep fans and the, your listeners are going to hate me for saying this, and I apologize. Oh boy, I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you just said is the same stuff that Taylor and I said uh, (laughs) in
4: 2016. Yep. Kevin Durant
3: is going to be the next Tim Duncan. He's the next Kobe Bryant. He's going to play out his entire career at one franchise. He loves where he's at. Uh, He wants to win titles. They're building a team around him. They just made the Western Conference Finals. They were a Clay Thompson barrage away from being in the NBA Finals and probably being favored. He's coming back. Everything's going to be great. This team is ready to compete. And then everything came crashing down because he got swayed by the Golden State Warriors. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Giannis because I want Giannis to stay in Milwaukee incredibly bad. And, and I think a lot of that is for, num- number one, I, just, I, I love Giannis. I love watching Milwaukee play. But number two, like you mentioned, it's the small market aspect, right? If Giannis leaves Milwaukee, that's just another example of a star that grew out of a small market and left. And... You mentioned it. We're, we're all four of us cover a team in a small market. We want to see these players that they draft, that they spend all that time developing, decide to stay in their home market and decide to play it out in that small market team. For those reasons, I absolutely hope Giannis stays. I'm just saying we've been down that path, and sometimes everything looks good, and then it turns out that the snake bites you.
1: I mean, it. Jacob and I also have trust issues, though, right? <laughs> I think our trust issues stem from 2016, too. Right, right, exactly. Um, and it is kind of interesting, though, you know, all, that there are still rumors or, or similar rumors, I guess, of, you know, Giannis and his relationship with Steph, which just makes me want to vomit every time I see him. <laughs> no, <if> not, <laughs> we're, sure we're changing the narrative.
5: Also. It's Embiid and Steph now. Uh, there you go. There, we go. there you go. Okay. I'm into
1: it. Like it.
3: So, okay, well, so let, let's flip the coin. And look at the OKC perspective before we get, because I know a lot of our listeners are tuning into this because they want to hear us talk trades. We are definitely on our way there. But real quick, Taylor, how do you feel about the OKC Thunder after they got eliminated in seven games to the Houston Rockets in the first round?
1: Well, you know, as Thunder fans, we're really in a a unique uh, position right now because We aren't entirely sure, and it certainly doesn't seem like, you know, Billy Donovan being hired by the Chicago Bulls uh, as soon as, I guess it was yesterday, and uh, OKC's currently going through a coaching search. Our our team next season might not look like the team that went through the bubble. (laughs) So I still feel great about the team that went through the bubble, um, you know, taking the Rockets to seven, uh, being a Lou Dort three away from winning that game, not to mention a, a Dennis Shooter layup away or a Chris Paul mid-range away. I mean, a lot of what-ifs in that game seven and that entire series for that matter as well. Um, but with all that being said, that team worked really well together. Um, just their chemistry, both on and off the court, were phenomenal. And we got to see some young guys, I think, which is really exciting. It wasn't just the vets, like the Chris Pauls and the Gallinari's. Gallinari actually kind of had a rough series and playoffs. Um, the Steven Adams and the Dennis shooters, it was guys like Shea, and uh, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley having big playoffs, or having a big playoff series, and making a, a, a big leap in their development. So there's a lot of excitement to take away from that team. But as I alluded to, it may not be that team <laughs> heading into this next season. And uh, that came, you know, shortly after the Thunder lost Game Seven. It was about a week later we learned that Billy Donovan would not be coming back due to them mutually, uh, him and the Thunder mutually parting ways. He was apparently offered, according to Shams of uh, The uh, Athletic, that it was a two-year deal that Presti offered Billy Donovan prior to the the restart. He declined. They had some brief talks afterwards, but they pretty much agreed to go their own ways due due to the uncertainty of the direction of OKC moving forward which certainly seems like the Thunder are very close to a rebuild, hence, honestly, uh, why we reached out to our friends over at the Eurostep and the Timeline guys last week. Probably going to have some more of these moving forward um, when it comes to Chris Paul trades and some of these other veterans because I definitely think it's time for a rebuild. So while I'm very optimistic and feel great about the, the direction of the franchise, uh, I think this is the right direction to move. Um, again, the treasure chest, of the, the war chest of draft picks and, and different um, opportunities that St. Presley has moving forward to help with this rebuild. Um, I think that's the right direction to move, but as a whole, you know, I felt great about, like we've mentioned so much over the past season, Jacob, um, all of us on the uncontested talked about how this was one of the most fun seasons we've had in a long time. And as we, and like we alluded to earlier in the podcast, probably since the Kevin Durant days. Right. And so um, I'm really excited. I think about the the uncertainty and the unknown uh, moving forward and just the opportunity. But again, it's, it's a completely different situation. I think than a team like the Milwaukee bucks.
3: Definitely. Uh, quick question
1: what holds more loot a
3: treasure chest or a war chest that's a that's a good point I don't know I wouldn't even call it either I think I'd just call it like
5: bounty because it was just <laughs> stolen
3: <laughs> just all the picks <laughs> oh so, trust me we, we've got our trash talk in that Russell Westbrook and Paul George both failed to get out oh, the second was, round and the Thunder that's have <laughs> what is it a total of eight that. picks and four swaps and three players from that deal
4: my goodness Press a so,
1: genius.
4: So I really I feel like just to weigh in quickly, and this is I mean I have watched the league at large, obviously mostly Bucks focused but I feel like you guys are not in for a long rebound or re, uh, rebuild. I mean, like it just feels to me like you know maybe take the gap year like the Warriors are doing, basically, right? You know, like trade Chris Paul and and maybe let let some other veterans go, maybe trade another vet. Who knows. Like, kind of stink for a year, like, let everybody in the West try really hard, collect a very good draft pick in the very, very good 2021 NBA draft, and then, like, the next time one of these stars, and probably not, like, a super-duper star, because they kind of dictate their own thing, but, like, the next tier of stars who are, like, sort of available for picks... Like, who is going to outbid the Thunder for that guy if they want him? You know, like, how many teams? I mean, the answer is no one. Like, nobody has as many picks as OKC does. So, like, if in a year from now there's a a very promising rookie, SGA, uh, Lou Dort's going to be like, uh, it seems like prime Scotty Pippen or something by then. (laughs) You're speaking my love language, Ty. I, I'm doing my best, um, but no. But seriously, and not not even just pandering. The Lou Dort thing was
1: pandering. Although I do like Lou Dort. T- Ty's um, gonna try and trade for Lou Dort later in the podcast. Dang it!
4: no oh my no. dead Ooh. body. Ooh, no, I would never. I would never dare try to take away a franchise. Corner we just talked me. about <laughs>
5: wanting to keeping stars in small markets. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <that's>
4: exactly. <laughs> um, but I do think like they're gonna be in position. Like I think they're gonna be. In a, they're already in. But I think they're going to be in a very like. It doesn't feel like they're gonna be like. You know these teams like the Cavs.
1: Not to not to make my Cavs friends that I actually have a well, fair Justin amount of Cavs friends. We did like during know. the during the um uh, during COVID and stuff when the, the league was on hiatus. We did a redraft pod um over uh, or I guess series over all the previous. Drafts. I, I forget how far back we went, Jacob, like what, 2012, 2011, something like that. Yeah. And you saw the same teams in a lottery every single year. The Kings, yep. the Suns. I was about to say mix. the Kings. The Kings. It was the Kings. <laughs> it, it was the Kings. And so The it, Kings who drafted Marvin Bagley
3: over Luka Doncic, those Kings.
1: Right. <laughs> right.
3: But but no, Ty, I, th- I think you're on to something. And especially taking that that year to tank next year in 2021. What team in the West is actively trying to lose in 2021. I don't think there is one.
4: Right. Exactly. Minnesota
3: wants to win. They just went out and got, uh, you know, Cats Enjoy running mate, Yeah. you know. Uh, Zion and the New Orleans Pelicans want to win. Um, Sacramento was, was kind of on the doorstep this year. Phoenix feels like they've made the jump and they're ready to compete. There's really no other teams in the West that want to lose. They all want a playoff spot. It's such an easy year in the West to tank next year. You don't even and like have you to mentioned try. that twenty twenty one class is insane.
1: Yeah, right. That's the thing. Like, like to your guys' point. Like, if, if we, um, you know, were to trade away those veterans, you, like you said, you don't really have to try because you're going to lose those games almost automatically. While remaining competitive, and letting guys like Shea and Lou and Baisley continue to grow, and tied to the points that you were making earlier, um, we agree that it will be a shorter rebuild. But we actually disagree. I think for the reasoning that you brought up, which is a popular opinion um, amongst NBA fans in general, like, well, the Thunder can just go and trade for you know, fill in the blank. Let's just say you know, throwing a hypothetical name out there, Devin Booker or Carl Anthony Towns if they get upset, or shoot Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. Yeah, Embiid was the one I was thinking, thinking of it. when I was talking. But I don't oh, think interesting. Presti's, I don't think Pressy's going to go that route. I mean, maybe if the opportunity's right, but in a small market like Oklahoma City, where you don't, you can't guarantee that these players are going to want to stay hence Paul George, hence Kevin Durant, not to keep going back there. But I think they're going to want to find the next star in the draft, right? They're going to want to uh, control that future on those, those rookie contracts where you can keep a guy around, you know, sign him to an extension. You have him a, 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 around for a long time and continue to build around SGA and some of these other guys, pair them to get, uh, together. So rather than using all those picks to go and find that next Devin Booker or Ben Simmons, Joe Embiid, whoever it may be, we think he's, that Pressie's going to use those picks to trade up in drafts to get the next Cade Cunningham, um, Amani mm. Bates, etc., and that's how the rebuild is going to speed up, rather than going for that superstar that's already out there.
5: Plus, you you have the ability to you know like sign veterans to you know be around these young players and actually be True. a competitive team outside of maybe just like one or two years of tanking. So you can actually you know have a fun team as well, right, like that exactly. actually wins games. So it's 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 a perfect rebuild opportunity.
3: We've we've kind of compared it, and maybe this is homerism. Uh, it definitely could be, but the position that the Thunder are in, already with good young guys and Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, kind of that foundation, the slew of picks. Uh, if if you hit on a 2021 pick, which the Thunder have two selections in 2021, their own and the better pick of Houston or Miami. Ooh. So it, it, I'm. I'm just saying, there's a chance PJ Tucker is dead by game 40 next year. Um, (laughs) There is a chance.
4: There's a chance James Harden is a Nick by next year. You never know what ownership is going to do.
3: maybe the cheapest ownership group in the league. Um, But but so the Thunder have an awesome chance to get a legitimate like cornerstone in 2021. It feels very Boston-esque in the Mm -hmm. Boston Brooklyn trade, right? You 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 traded off your vets. You got a ton of assets. The young guys kept you afloat, and you just kept adding talent and adding talent. And I think the Thunder want to pull what Boston did and go find the Jalen Brown and the Jason Tatum. Which to is me, interesting. They like, already have the Jalen Brown right, and exactly. go just Alexander. Mm, we might now have they the got to go Smart find too, the Jason Tatum
4: potentially. Yeah. Ooh. You know, I I actually really like that comp, but I do want to say yeah. like I certainly I wouldn't I wouldn't trade the 2021 picks. Like i would definitely go in on that draft. And I guess like maybe this is like too specific for it to even be worth saying, but. By, like, get a guy who's available, I don't mean, like, when they went and got Paul George, even though Paul George was like, really want to go to L.A., and the it Thunder might. were like, no, we have this stuff, like, trust us. And it, it kind of worked. I mean, if Kawhi wasn't Kawhi, maybe he's still there. Fair. But, like, it has to be, like, a Jimmy Butler kind of situation where you do, like, a little light tampering, and you can kind of feel like the guy is receptive, like, he's really just looking for that right franchise to kind of— You send Dwayne you
5: know, Wade to Chicago?
4: <laughs> I guess that is step one. That is step one. Um, but, like, the the right opportunity, the right trust. I mean, like, there's some players out there, like Jimmy Butler was, who I think wanted to be a franchise player very much, and a lot of teams, either the fit wasn't right, or they did, like, Chicago just didn't want to pay him for, I mean, you had to save that money for Cristiano Felicio, I guess. I don't know. Um, but... I, I don't know, I, maybe it never happens like the, the those guys don't come available every year, but like a situation like that is where I can see that's where fair. like you you can really see the fit and the the player is not like the player is like there's some guys who don't mind small markets. most guys prefer big markets, but there's some guys who don't mind them. so I don't know, maybe it's so specific, it's not worth saying, but that's what I envision, kind of like finding that culture fit
3: Rohan. definitely and I think that you know the most likely target that they would go after. Uh, in that type of scenario, is somebody who is currently on a rookie deal? Um, yeah. Like I flirted with the idea, can you top, toss a couple of first to, to the Kings and go get Marvin Bagley? Um, mm. You know, something like that. Can you? Uh, we you, speaking of the Knicks, can you uh, give them a, a lightly protected asset to to go get a Kevin Knox? who obviously has Ooh. underperformed but I think part of that is just because it's the freaking Knicks you know right. but um, he's
5: also literally the worst player in the NBA. I would go Frankie smokes <laughs> if we're going to do that's the a, Knicks. Yeah, good <laughs> point.
3: But but things like that, you know, teams yeah. where there's a player on a rookie deal where it doesn't look like it's working out, where the the front office is in disarray, where Sam Presti can kind of prey on that team.
1: Rohan, you mentioned uh, tri- uh sorry, he mentioned uh Dwayne Wade going back home to Chicago. I guess basically He's got to wait for Trey Young when he's ready to come back home to Oklahoma.
3: There we oh. go. <laughs> oh, there, we go. there it is. Boom.
1: I'm ready. I'm ready.
3: Um, all right, guys. So a little bit more before we get into the actual trade talks. Tell us, where does Milwaukee most need to improve positionally in order to really make a title run with the Giannis next season? And what are the assets that they have to try to go out and make that happen? Does head coach
4: count? As a position oh, to improve, that uh, um, yes,
1: I feel like that's a mildly hot take. I'm gonna throw, I'm is gonna it, throw uh, Coach Bud in in our trade talks later on in the second <laughs> part. Please, yeah, you know yeah, what? Sure, Dude, go for it.
4: Yeah, it really pains us to say this, but we will trade you, Coach Bud. Fine, you've twisted our arms. <laughs> if you say um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I think I would say the biggest positional need, like on court, number one is a better offensive initiator, and I think. Like, Chris Middleton is very, very good, but he's not, like, an exquisite ball handler. I don't think he puts other players in necessarily the best positions. Like, he's a good passer, but he's not, like, an incredible floor general, if that makes sense. Like, he's not bringing up the ball every single possession and running offense and getting guys the ball in their spots. Like, he will find the open man and get them the ball, but I think a lot of it, a lot of what's holding him back is he just doesn't have an elite handle. And maybe it gets better. Who knows? But... Someone like, coincidentally, a Chris Paul would be a perfect fit. Otherwise, I think, and I'll I'll let Rohan weigh in here too, but like just more athletic two-way wing players. I think that's been something the last two playoffs. The Bucks just either have trotted out or not even like been known they couldn't even try to play a lot of players who are just like too old, too slow, not reliable enough shooters. So I think an initiator is the most important, but they definitely need some better wing depth as well.
5: Yeah, I think just any sort of creation on offense, just you, you need you need more. There's only so much you can ask for out of Giannis and Chris, and like Ty was saying, Chris even has his limitations. Giannis has faced defenses that make himself limited. Eric Bledsoe is Eric Bledsoe, um, so you're just you're not you're not getting like championship level creation from this team as it's currently constructed. I will say like Ty, you were, you were spot on in saying that more explosive like wings, I would just, I'd want, I know this is a lot to ask for, but just like a, a big four, small five, just anyone besides Giannis that can switch onto a smaller guy and not get cooked because that's a lot of the problems that goes with uh, the Bucks defense and how they run stuff. Is why they're so stuck into their defensive uh, into their, their defensive game plan is because if you're trotting out Brooke Lopez and maybe for five minutes every three games Robin Lopez, <laughs> you can't you can't switch those guys. You can't you you can't have like an action where you're you know just completely stopping the opposing team's offensive creation. Just someone else besides Giannis that could do that would be great.
3: Awesome. So, so what assets do the Bucks have to try to make these changes and upgrade at these positions? Um, young guys that may be available, uh, future picks, etc.
4: So I thought we <laughs> very funny. we very pointedly avoided tackling that part of the question. I thought I thought you oh. guys are going to pick up on that. No. Um, so the Bucks' number one probably asset that they'll actually well, I, I do think pretty much anyone's on the table. Um, I think. The terminology that I've heard is, like, everyone's seat is a little bit warm. They're not going to trade Giannis no matter what, obviously, but everybody else. So I think in, like, an amazing deal, even Chris could be uh, potentially moved. I don't think – like, I don't think this – like, a potent- I don't think Chris Paul would be that, that deal. I don't think the Bucks would do that. Um, but I, I do think if, for whatever reason, there's a player better than, than we cur- – like, there's a really good player we don't even know about. Um, that could be possible. But – In terms of things like actually on the table in most deals, they have the three picks they got from Indiana. So a 2021st this year, 2020. Duh. (laughs) Yes, this year is 2020, unfortunately. Um, And then a 2022 and 2025 second rounders. Unfortunately, they don't have a lot of their own picks at all. They owe this year's first to Boston. Then they owe a 2022 first round pick to Cleveland. And because that pick has three years of protections, the first pick that they can really trade now of their own is like a conditional 2024 that could get pushed back. I think as far as 2026.
1: So it's like, I noticed that when I was playing around the trade machine.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
4: Like I I think the trade machine's even a little generous in what they offer. Like the bucks do not have many picks at all. And the unfortunate thing, it looks like they have a lot of seconds, but that Cleveland pick, also covers 2024 and 2025 second round picks. So, and they already have, oh, 2020 and 2021. So they have like two second rounders and one terrible future first of their own in addition to the Indiana stuff. And in terms of players, like Eric Bledsoe, who I think we'll talk maybe a little later about what he could be worth to certain teams. Dante DiVincenzo, though, is probably the guy who's got some value. He's like a young, promising player. He's shown some really good flashes. If you're a Pippen person, he does really, really well there. Um, so I think he would be like the most tantalizing young player trade I th- chip.
5: I think we can just stop at Dante.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of, I mean, you know. I don't think anyone's that interested in DJ Wilson. If you are, we can throw in DJ Wilson. That's not a problem on our end.
3: <laughs> awesome. Well, so let's get into some of these trades. But before we do so, let's take a minute and tell our listeners about who's sponsoring this podcast today. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Just like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it, and fast. Try Indeed out with the free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer they have available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply, offer valid through September
1: 30th. The wait is finally over. Football is back. Now, we're doing this crossover podcast with the Giro Step guys, and I'm sure that there's probably quite a few Green Bay Packer fans listening to this podcast. You guys not, might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbooks experts.
3: Okay, even though this is a crossover episode, I'm not going to be deterred. I get to play one of my favorite sounders on our entire <laughs> podcast, which is our trade sounder, uh, Ty Rohan. Uh, I'm just going to to tell you you're welcome in advance. <laughs> okay. Take no way! I'll trade you my level two magic art for
0: your Charizard. Deal. It's a disaster. Take trading to disaster.
5: Oh, I love it. My <laughs> we need sounders. I just learned this. We need
4: we sounders. Do. Rohan, we, we need, we need, need a soundboard. I feel like Pokemon right
3: and Donald Trump. I don't know if you could have a more interesting three man combo, <laughs> um, but, uh, but we are about to try to trade you um, our magic Carp for your Charizard. So let, let's get to work guys. Um, do we start with the most obvious one on the table, the Chris Paul deal? Yeah, yeah. I, I think
4: that makes the most sense, right?
3: Definitely, definitely. So, obviously, the challenge of a Chris Paul deal is just the, the sheer salary forty one point three million owed to Chris next season. Uh, making that match really anywhere in the league is is a tall task. Um, so, I think I speak for both Taylor and I that the Thunder are interested in draft picks. Uh, if, if you guys can can give us a deal for Chris Paul where we can make the salaries match up, maybe you throw in a Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, but I think we're really interested in snagging that Indiana pick from you this year, which do we know where that falls? I don't have 24th overall. Oh, so the Thunder would have 24 and 25 in the 2020 draft. Um, if you guys can, can construct a deal that includes that pick, I bet we would be very interested. Yep.
4: So. I have so that here's here's the standard one that Rohan and I have been operating off of, um, and we have some variations. I'm excited to get into, but like the very basic one is Chris Ball to the Bucks, Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and Ursan Ilyasova to the Thunder. So this and and you can it, it, for the for the purpose of this first one, we'll just say also the Indiana first. Yep. Um. So that's kind of a win-win for OKC because you guys get a draft pick, you. And you also cut a lot of money both this and next season. So Chris Paul and the salaries are close enough to match, but they're not exactly even. So Chris Paul's forty-one stuff
1: too that we can absorb some of that as well.
4: True. Um, So, but basically, I think it's like nine point three million dollars less for next season on the books, even if you keep all three of these players. And as I'm sure we'll get into, I don't think the Thunder really even have to do that. So, but basically, what I'm saying is, you lose, you save money this year, and you get a pick. So, if that's the bar, I think that's a pretty, pretty. I'll let Rohan weigh in too. I think that's a pretty easy bar for the Bucks to get over. I, I don't have any problem with doing that trade.
5: Yeah, it's just, you, the Bucks are at the point where, like, like we discussed earlier, Giannis is really dictating the terms here. So, if you want to, you know, be a relevant franchise. Uh, so you have to you have to keep
1: honest. So you just you got to do whatever it takes.
5: Hey, honestly, you just you have to do it.
1: Sorry, I did me interrupt But just really quick, uh, Rohan, you guys were anti. Both of you guys were speaking here a couple weeks ago. Um, this actually was the, the podcast I mentioned before we start. We, we started this podcast. That I was listening to of your guys's where there was that, actually that report. And I know um, our listeners are wanting to to hear trades, but I'm not sure how many Thunder fans actually have heard this report that came out um, on the Athletic. About the Bucks potentially not being all that interest in Chris Paul, can you guys touch on that really quick? And because that could uh, affect some of these trade proposals that we're throwing out.
4: Yeah, it could. So the hope, uh, I think, the official Eurostep position is uh, hopefully that is Bluff. a smokescreen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it is. I really don't know if it is. So the reasoning why was like the cost of Chris Paul, and it wasn't the asset cost; it was the dollars cost. So again. Kinda of weird that like the same meeting that apparently Bucks ownership was like, Yeah, totally, we'll spend what it takes to win. Also but but not for Chris Paul. Like right. I, I don't really I don't know how that works together. Um so I, I don't know if it's entirely firm. Like I don't I wouldn't rule it out entirely from being possible. You never know what kind of tactics front office is and could be using and what they leak. Um but yeah, that was the report was that his cost was so much and it would add to the Bucks payroll the next two years. But I mean, like, they're going to be a cap team pretty much no matter what anyway, so I don't – like, it doesn't – like, asset-wise, asset-accumulating-wise, I really don't think it's that big of a deal, but that's the
2: reporter. Fair.
3: Yeah, I was about to – you brought up the exact point that I wanted to say was why why would they say they're willing to go into the tax to to build a winner around Giannis and then – in the same meeting, say we're not willing to go in the tax to, to win around Giannis. You know, no,
5: that's a that's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It really. I don't most, think we have an answer for you. Followers of the Bucks want to know the answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but to your guys' point, though, you have OKC saying, "Well, we're in no rush to trade Chris Paul. Uh, we have all these assets <gasps> either way." Uh, we're fine, you know, if we don't get the right offer, we aren't just going to trade him um, and attach an asset to get off his contract. Like, we're fine keeping him. So, if you're the Bucks, you probably do want to come out and say, well, that's fine. You know, Chris Paul has an injury history and uh, has a, quite a bit of money on the books for the next two seasons. And with Giannis the Supermax coming up, maybe he's not the player that we'd prefer to spend that kind of money on. We'll look elsewhere. So, I, I could see both sides.
3: Definitely. Um, I've, I've modified this trade a little bit. Guys, tell me how you feel about this. What if Instead of including George Hill in this deal, um, we do Bledsoe, Ilyasova, uh, Divincenzo, and Robin Lopez. Yeah, one of the Lopez and that pick brothers. That way, uh, the the Bucks can keep George Hill as like the the sixth man backup point guard um, to to kind of run that bench unit. Is, is that appealing at all?
5: It, it is appealing in the sense that you, you would like to keep George Hill, right? It, like you mentioned, mm. he's a great like, backup point guard. He's, he's solid. He was, he was a really solid player, really helped Milwaukee's bench unit. Just if, like I mentioned earlier, if you get rid of Dante, you really have nothing left in terms of young players, especially if you're – see, the question there is if you're giving up Dante, do you give up picks?
3: So, yeah, that, that would be interesting. And uh, The Thunder, I can tell you with what I feel like is 100% certainty, would rather have that pick than Dante DiVincenzo. Nothing against Dante DiVincenzo, but he's, what, 24? Right. Uh, 20, I, I, yeah. I think the Thunder want guys more in their 19, 20, 21-year-old range. Uh, I feel like I already know the answer to this, but I'm going <sighs> to throw it out there anyways. What if it's that same deal? Uh, Bloodso, Lopez, Iliasova, DiVincenzo, and the Indiana pick. Thunder send you chris paul uh we'll also throw in a guy that i think has a lot of potential uh struggled this year for i think taylor and i would both agree with uh off the court struggles yeah. um especially with family uh what if we throw terrence ferguson or hamadou diallo into that trade
1: my beloved homie
3: does that change the calculus at all Shoot,
1: we'll give you both <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> whoa not- <laughs> taylor we
3: gotta talk about this buddy <laughs>
4: I just, I, I don't, it, I think it does change the calculus a little bit for the Bucks. Like, I do think it's more appealing to get some of these younger, more explosive wing players. I think both of those guys, um, and I, I can't say I've watched 80 games of either this last year. They probably didn't play it. No one played 80 games this last year. But um, it seems like they're both kind of like flashes on and off sort of players, especially T-Ferg is, has interested me in, in a while. Yep. Um, H- Hemi is like great dunker, I think. It's probably going to be a rotational wing player. We'll see. Um, it, it certainly doesn't hurt, but I do. Again, the one thing with with these trades that that you guys are throwing out that include Dante and the pick is basically like, there goes the Bucks powder. Like that. That's it. That's we we emptied the clip, and this is what we got. Now it's sure. like, who can we basically? You have you see? nothing bust, left. Basically. You have
5: no draft assets. You have no young
3: assets. You're just you're done. <laughs> Realistically, yeah. no, that that definitely makes sense. Um, I don't know. Taylor, what do you think? Would you rather have DiVincenzo or the pick? I absolutely would rather have the pick.
1: Uh, We
4: would rather give you the pick honestly. And and I
1: think that makes... I think both sides would probably agree there, uh, as well, both GMs. And uh, for for OKC specifically, Jacob and I have talked about, you know, in a draft with so much uncertainty, if we could have even just two uh, picks in the 20s, you know, because OKC is currently getting Denver's, I guess it's like the 20, what, 28th pick overall? 25th pick. Uh, 25th pick. And so you combine those two, and you can potentially move up into right outside the lottery, maybe? You know, talking like maybe pick 15 pick 16 and in this draft you might end up drafting i mean i don't want to say the next Giannis because that's such an <laughs> exaggeration but you could maybe get a, a a player who slips down into the teens because of all the uncertainty in this draft that shoot maybe you get your superstar i don't know it doesn't seem like there's this like superstar is... talent in this draft but you guys kind of get what we're saying you know you can use those those lower picks to kind of move up in this draft if you yeah. if you have a guy that you really like and, and are targeting
4: no, I totally agree. I think this is a great draft to have. Even even like 24, 25 is not terrible. But right. especially if you consolidate and move up to like somewhere in the teens, these guys like uh, Maxi, who I really like. There's like I, I I don't like him enough where like I would take him at one or anything. Right. But it's like if you if you have the sixteenth pick and you walk away with a guy like that or like I think Pat Williams is a guy that, people Will. like. Then you're like you know maybe maybe this guy really works out. I think you're really happy with walking away with one of those guys. What if I told you instead of Dante, we could maybe find a way to get you guys a second first-round pick in the next couple years in this trade?
1: Oh, yeah. That's, that's interesting. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> yes. So
4: here's what, I, what what I think, and I'm sure Rohan has some, is hopefully I'm not scooping you too much here, Rohan. So basically, the thing I've been looking at, and I, mean, I alluded to this earlier, so I'm glad I remembered to follow up on it. All the time on Eurostep, I allude to something and then, like, remember four days later that I never got back. I'll be forget. Yeah, It's tough.
1: It's tough. <laughs> it's tough.
4: Um, but I came back this time. So Eric Bledsoe, like, I don't think the Thunder, frankly, give much of a damn about Eric Bledsoe. And I you know don't think the blame Thunder them
3: originally Bledsoe. drafted Eric Bledsoe? Oh, uh, yeah. did they really? Full circle, yeah, yeah. They, they drafted him, but he was part of a draft night deal for the Thunder to move up because they really needed a center, and so they got Cole Aldrich for Eric Bledsoe. <laughs>
1: oh, Fit <God>, times. <laughs>
3: Yikes. Presti is um, a great GM, not one of his best moves. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean,
4: it's not. like, maybe. What, what do you, Rohan, no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We're here to boost Eric Bledsoe's trade value, Rohan, come on. Um, but in all seriousness, I do think, like, I don't think OKC cares about him, which is totally fair. But I do think there's some teams that would really enjoy adding an Eric Bledsoe. Like I think, especially in the East, right?
1: We've talked about this on our podcast. Like,
3: yeah, if 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 you because our thought before you go on, our thought was if we get Eric Bledsoe, he's available at the trade deadline. Someone
1: come get him, right? Give up an asset and come get him. I think Ty's about to say though, forget that. We'll just skip that and we'll yeah three team team it.
3: But yeah, so so
1: continue.
4: Exactly. No, totally, totally a three team configuration. We've looked at a lot of these, and I think. The Knicks is one that makes a ton of sense. Like, I think the Knicks ownership finally, finally, maybe not the ownership, but at least their front office has realized. Like, listen, they got like the the superheroes to save us and go from worst to first in one year. They're not coming. It's not happening. So I think they, I think they want to be like competent. Like, I think that's their next step. Like, they just want to, you know, let's be a serious basketball team. It it, apparently it is. But (laughs) I think listen, if you look at like look at their neighbors in Brooklyn. The, the Nets were like a fun story, but truthfully, not a great basketball team. They made the playoffs. That was their shining achievement. So I feel like the Knicks thing right now is very much like, let's become a real team and then maybe someone will want to come save us from mediocrity. They have two firsts in 2021. Neither looks very good. Um, actually, one's a swap. So they have one incoming first in 2021. They have a lot of picks coming in. They have a ton of seconds coming in. But they have a first from the Clippers this year. So maybe they throw that in. You guys have three... that you can then use to move up or draft three players. Otherwise, so that's the first, and I don't know what it is off top. I'm I'm assuming it's very bad, but a 2020 Clippers. Otherwise, they also have a 2021 Dallas pick, which, again, is this going to be two overall? No, I think Dallas (laughs) is going to be very good. Uh, Maybe they even protect it just in case, like top 10 protected or something like that. But either the 2020 Clippers pick or the 2021 Dallas pick goes to OKC, as does Eric Bledsoe. And all they send back is Wayne Ellington and Alfred Payton. The appeal here is they make 600 or 800 k less than Bledsoe this year, and they're both expiring. So you go from a guy in a three-year deal to two guys who, and maybe even these guys, like maybe someone gives you a second-round pick for Wayne Ellington at the deadline because he's, like, supposedly a shooter. Who knows? But even if they don't, like, who cares? You know, like, just let That's the contracts fair. expire and get that cap space. So, like, these are the kind of things I've been looking at and thinking, like, now OKC gets two first-round picks— they get they save a ton of money they basically have no money on their books aside from George Hill from this trade who I think he's like partially guaranteed the next year and again another guy who t- could totally see a team saying here's some salary filler expiring we will take George Hill like your cat book is so clear and you get two more picks that's what
1: ten that's future insane. picks like oh yeah, yeah. it's crazy he doesn't harpy.
3: yeah and and I don't know if Dallas would give up or no sorry not Dallas but New next. York would give up that Dallas 2021 pick, but that's what the Thunder would covet in that trade. Yep. If you can get that Dallas 2021 pick, even if Dallas is a, a home court team in the first round of the playoffs next year, and that pick ends up being pick 22, 23, the Thunder are all over that because that 2021 class is good. Right. That would give the Thunder three picks in 2021. They would have their own. The better of the Heat or the Houston pick and then the Dallas pick—that's pretty wild. Now, if I will... the Thunder can tank bad enough and get like pick three, four, five, and could you trade three, four, five plus those other two first in 2021 to move up to number one or two and and get a Cade Cunningham? Hell yeah! You you've completely kickstarted your rebuild. You've got your backcourt of the future who who are both oversized guards, and and you're looking pretty moving forward. I think the Thunder would be all over that. I agree, and I
4: do. And I'm not a Knicks person, and I I want to let you go, Taylor. No, no. But just quickly, like, I I don't think this is a crazy trade for the Knicks. Like, I think the players they trade, I don't think the Knicks care about at all. And, I like, again, I think the Knicks want to be decent. Like, I think the Knicks want to make a run for the playoffs. They now have a head coach in Tom Thibodeau who, like, really loves defense. And I don't know if you guys are aware of this. That is, like, Eric Bledsoe's thing is defense, second-team all-defense this last year. So the Knicks get to parade that out. It's like, look, we have a real capable point guard who plays really good defense now. He's going to raise our floor. You don't have to worry about him collapsing in the conference finals because the Knicks are not going there in 2021. I think it makes sense for all the teams. I think, like, the Knicks also have a lot of picks. They're not going to be able to use all of them. So it's like, why not consolidate one? Maybe you lightly protect it or whatever, just, to, like, to make sure you're not giving up. Like, if something crazy happens in Dallas, like, lottery protected, who cares? I, I don't know. I think it makes enough sense for all sides. We'd have, we'll have to do a three-way collab pod and get a Knicks yeah, person get, get, get to make there
1: sure you go. all guys on here. We're like. just going to have the whole damn Blue Wire team <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> we'll do a gigantic trade trade podcast i love it uh, actually Todd, that's really funny that you mentioned that because i th- that's what i was going to bring up is that i the only thing that like maybe makes me hesitate a little bit there is the quote-unquote rumors if you want to call them that i mean who knows how true but you know the whole rose and chris paul connection will the Knicks be also wanting to bid for chris paul are they going to be competing against one another will, would they be willing to help out the bucks to get cp3 and to your point if they if they're kind of looking at the more um more long-term future and building it the right way, um, kind of like, you know, doing something like the Thunder are doing or doing something like maybe more similar like what the Bulls are doing, then I think you're right. I think it's a move that absolutely makes sense for them and honestly would be really good for them. But if they're wanting that next star just to get butts in seats whenever that's allowed to happen again because of COVID, <laughs> you know, they they might be bidding against Milwaukee for Chris Paul. So it, it's fascinating.
3: Yeah, it'd be interesting to, to you know, if – the Thunder do decide to go with a Bucks deal over a Knicks deal. Can you still rope them in into a three-team trade? I also just want to point out that let let's say this hypothetical. I think this is my favorite one. Uh, pulling the Knicks in for the third team. Uh huh. If that happens, I'm a, I'm a big fan of like tracking a trade uh, over multiple times that it happens. This would essentially mean that the Thunder traded Russell Westbrook for four first-round picks, two swaps. Uh, and and second team All NBA season from Chris Paul. Goodness, <laughs> that's,
5: that's not bad. That's stupid. That's pretty good. Can confirm.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um. The the other one that's that's fun for for your listeners. I, I think all Thunder fans know this, but the Thunder traded Serge Baca for Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, those two players then became Paul George, mm-hmm. uh, which then became six picks, two swaps,
1: Shea and Gallinari. But yeah. but. Who was traded for those for Sabonis and Oladipo, Serge Ibaka?
3: Yeah, that's what I said. Do you oh, not listen to me. Sorry, Taylor? I thought you just said it. No. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, stop watching the Boston game and pay attention. <laughs> Actually, I got I'm teasing. The one Magic top. should, should have been he's, relegated after he's that trade. Me to pet him. That's oh my goodness.
5: <laughs> they got half a season of Serge Ibaka.
3: It's so yeah, crazy. They they ended up uh, trading Sabonis and Oladipo for what essentially ended up being Terrence Ross. <laughs> yep. You'll talk about God, in incompetent front home. office. Glad they, I uh, they I, I can only thing. imagine that Orlando fans are probably just along with Knicks fans, just perpetually on suicide watch. <laughs> There's like, I,
4: I uh, feel like faults going to them for like basically nothing was like the NBA gods' way of saying like, Magic fans don't check all the way out. This guy might be really good in yeah. like two years. Here's something. Here's here's your carrot, so you don't have to pretend like Fournier Vucevic is gonna bring you anywhere soon. So like, yeah. I, I feel like that's at least that's good. Yeah, true. Um,
3: that's fair. So, so let's shift gears. I, I think we would all say yes to that. Chris Paul to Milwaukee, the Thunder getting kind of the filler and the picks from both Milwaukee and the New York Knicks. Uh, are we all in agreement on that? That's absolutely yes. my favorite. I love that idea. Yes, I definitely. So let's shift gears. Then, is there any interest on Milwaukee side? Let's say the Thunder do end up dealing Chris Paul to to a Philly or, uh, to to a Chicago or to a Phoenix or wherever. Is there any interest in? the bucks to make a run for Dennis Schroeder.
4: Mm. Rohan, is this your guy? No, you got it. You got it. <laughs> I feel bad now. I think totally. Like I think this is something that I brought up on on our last pod. Like if Chris Paul goes somewhere else or if the Bucks just are not interested in paying him or maybe even like if they are like open to it, like I could see a case for being more interested in Schroeder. I just have no idea what the price is going to be. So I'll be fascinated to hear from you guys. Like salary matching wise, I think what like Bledsoe would get it done. Again, I don't know. I don't again, I don't think yeah, yeah. OKC is interested in Bledsoe that much, but I think salary wise that gets it, or probably like a combination of Urson and stuff or Hill and stuff. Um, but I would be super interested in Dennis Schroeder. I mean, there's a guy who looked like a stud in the playoffs and in the bubble. Like he really seemed to take that leap. He is obviously much much younger, although I think he is still like twenty seven. He's not like twenty three. Yep. He's not twenty three or anything, but he's not you know thirty seven or thirty five or however old Chris I mean, Paul is. Two years
1: older, two years older than Giannis. So I mean, right there in his his uh his age range, I guess that you'd be wanting to yeah. surround him around.
3: Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and Schroeder had the best best season of his career this year uh, in Oklahoma City, playing with that three guard, that lethal three guard lineup, uh, and really increased his three point shooting as well this year. Um, he, he's a spark plug in every sense of the word. So, I obviously, a Schroeder for, for Eric Bledsoe deal does line up salary-wise. Now, the Thunder would be taking back about $1.5 million in this deal uh, and two more years she, of a right, contract. Exactly. Um, if we just did Bledsoe for Schroeder and you throw in that Pacers pick, uh, I think that gets it done. If,
4: oh
1: my goodness. Yes. Yeah. See, I, And I think that's kind of a Thunder's fans consensus is that, you know, the shooter in our, and I mean, we're biased obviously, but felt that he honestly deserved six man of the year, but regardless, six man of the year finalists, um, the way he was able to play and just his demeanor. I mean, he really kind of turned around his, her, his whole, uh, his whole reputation around the league when he came to Oklahoma city, being willing, willing to come off the bench all those years, we even talked to all these years, I mean, the past two years, we talked this season specifically about being the sixth man through this entire season, when that three-yard lineup was the best, uh, had the best net rating in the entire league, and then you have a guy like Terrence Ferguson who really struggled, who was starting, and then you had an undrafted rookie and Lou Dort who came in and started. I mean, it could have been very easy for Dennis to come up to, co- to coach Billy and, and like you know, coach. We, we, when I'm playing, you know, we had the best lineup in the entire league. Why am I not starting? But instead, he was completely, comp- you know, he he. Didn't complain. He was felt fine about his role. Uh, just a pro all-around, really positive locker room in, influence. And um, and so because of all those things, to, I, I think that the Thunder would really be looking for, a, 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 kind of like you said, Jacob, a low first-round pick. Um, so, yeah, if you guys would be down to do that, I think the Thunder would as well. Yeah, let, let me let me throw this out there. So
5: I, I, I do like the idea of bringing Dennis Schroeder to Milwaukee. But if you guys don't want Eric Bledsoe, I know this would cost a little bit in terms of salary cap impact. How would you like Buddy Healed?
4: Oh, goodness. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, I think the casual Thunder fan would say, hell yes, bring the former Oklahoma Sooner back. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan. I mean, he can shoot the piss out of the ball. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> But how old is Buddy now? Like, we don't even know. Whenever he was playing in college, he was listed at one age, but he was actually like a year or two older. Isn't he like 25 or 26 right now? I think so. I don't think the Thunder have much interest in in bringing in a guy on that big of a contract who's really not going to be a superstar, who's already uh, five or six years older than Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um I don't think there's a whole lot of interest there, unless we can you, reroute you, you, Buddy elsewhere. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Okay. okay.
5: I don't think you can do it in the initial trade, because it'd already be a three-teamer. Uh, but if, if you have that asset, I'm sure a lot of like, playoff teams would be willing to go get Buddy healed for like a title run, because they just, like you said, he's just an insane shooter. So any team would want that. You can probably get something out of him.
3: That That's interesting. Um, you know, I I think if that were to be the case, Presti would have to already have the second move set up before he makes the first move. You know, he'd already have to know where he's rerouting Buddy Heald. Uh, I don't think he's just going to pull the trigger on that trade and then say we'll figure the rest of it out later on down the road. That doesn't seem like a very Thunder front office thing to do. They are very, uh, so very calculated. Smart. Um but, but, yeah, there, there's some interest there. Uh, I mean, I think you could definitely, like you said, reroute him, uh, move him elsewhere to, like, a, a, a Philly. You no, know, can you extract some picks from Philly for him? Uh, and some dead salary, can you send him to oh my a... Oh, uh,
5: Philly would send you the keys to the freaking arena for Buddy Yield.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he makes way too much sense for that team. So, yeah, can you, can you organize something like that and make that work? Uh, that's interesting. I, I don't know, Taylor, what do you think?
1: I, I, I'm kind of with you, Jacob. I, I don't know if Buddy Hill is kind of the age range that they're looking for there. Um, on, on this year's team, it would have been incredible. Um, but moving forward, a, a guy you want to surround Shea and, and Baisley and Dora around, I don't know if he's kind of the guy they're going to be looking for. They're going to going to want to be going a little younger. It's interesting, but if you can flip him like, with a 13, like you mentioned, Rohan, I now now we're talking. If you can get some younger assets out of that, I think a, that's absolutely something that Presty would be willing to explore.
4: Hmm. I, I just quickly to weigh in here. The nice thing about like any sort of a Bledsoe deal going to the Thunder, whether it's Schroeder or whoever else, or or Chris Paul, is like the same rerouting to the Knicks thing or whoever else. Like it could apply in, in any of these, right? So, yeah, that's true. Like that's if you do Schroeder and the pick, Schroeder and the pick to, or no, excuse me, the, the pick and Bledsoe for Schroeder, you could also send like the same salary floats from New York and have them get Bledsoe. And then, like, I think everybody's fairly happy. And the Thunder get two picks, the Knicks get Bledsoe, and Milwaukee get Shooter. So I think that holds up in a lot. Um, I, otherwise, like I feel like there's a lot of funky, like, three-team deals that, that could actually happen just because of the crazy salary of Chris Paul, whether it's, like, Buddy Heald getting floated around or whoever else. I mean, the Kings just always have the unhappy guys, so the Kings always get roped into this. <laughs> um, but it's going to be really interesting. One thing I do wonder about, do you guys think there's any chance that there's a Danilo Gallinari
1: sign and trade? Oh my at gosh! Any okay,
3: t- I was wondering, bro. That's on my list. I, I, that is literally on my list.
1: I, I have it pulled up. I have one like that's a success <laughs> on on trade NBA and one of my tabs pulled up right now. That's hilarious.
4: Is it to the box? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Danilo. Ooh,
4: oh, what is this? Throw it out there. So, what do you got?
1: I just went with the preferred. Um, I signed him to a, a three-year deal. Uh, the preferred recommended amount. From trade NBA just kind of as a starting point here, which would be sixteen point five a year, three years, total of forty-nine point seven million. Uh, I think that's fair. Surrounds Giannis yeah. with a I mean a championship level role player. Um, I think would fit really well and give you guys some some incredible shooting and much needed offense uh, to surround Giannis with. So in return, the Thunder would be getting Eric Bledsoe just for salary matching purposes, and you guys would give us that twenty twenty first rounder from indiana and also a that that feature second round pick because like you said there's not a whole lot of options when it comes to first round picks that you guys have to offer so uh, a first round and a second round maybe that's a little low i don't know Uh, thunder fans might not like that a whole lot but in my opinion i mean there's a chance you're going to lose gallo anyways um so if you're getting two picks in return i think that's that's fair
4: i think like almost even i see it's funny this is where you can see like the the inherent homerism right, in all of right. us, even though we're all good, fairly impartial <laughs> observers. But just because it's like an unrestricted free agency sign and trade, like I don't know how much you usually – I mean, it obviously varies on a case-by-case. Case. Obviously, the Bucks did get three picks for Brogdon, but because he's restricted, theoretically, they could have just said, like, no, we'll keep him. True. The Thunder don't have the same leverage, so I would love to do it. I think – I haven't clicked to look, but I'm pretty sure, like – Let's say Ersan and George Hill, who again, like Ersan is expiring, George Hill partially guaranteed after this very movable player, um, over to OKC for that same-ish dollar amount on Gallinari. I would totally be down to give both of the Indiana seconds to do that, because especially like just from the Bucks' point of view, then you still have this the Indy first, you still have DiVincenzo if you want to move him or keep him, and now you get like this great impact player in as well, and basically like... The spot of one good bench player in George Hill, who, like, not great in the bubble, and, you know, just not like, I think positionally a forward who can really shoot the lights out makes a lot of sense for them. So I feel like that deal from the Bucks perspective looks really good. Like, you still have a bunch of other salaries, so still have blood, soda, trade. There, uh, there's Bud's something here. Play I feel it like that for makes him to sense. get hurt, it, it'll be great. <laughs> yeah, totally.
3: Well, and I mean, my argument would be uh, insert meme, why not both? Send Schroeder for Blutsoe and the, no, the Indy first. are talking. And then sign and trade Gallo for George Hill, Ilyasova, and those two Indy seconds. I Talk, feel like there's also got to be a
5: clause there idea. where John Horse signs his life away to Sam Presti. <laughs> yeah, that's so that, true.
3: Yeah,
4: I think that is always part of it. No, I think that totally. And again, like if you throw in the Knicks thing or whatever other third team, and it's like more floatsome to OKC and another pick— I think that makes a ton of sense. I think from the Bucs perspective, like, let's just say they figured out with Wes Matthews, all of a sudden, depending on how you feel about Giannis at center, but if you, let's say they lean into that, which I think they should, you have like Schroeder, Wes Matthews, Chris Middleton, Danilo Gallinari, Giannis as your five. Like, and you still have either Brooke Lopez or whatever you did with Brooke Lopez. You still have Dante DiVincenzo. Like, that's a a squad right there. And that's from the Thunder perspective, if that sounds good to you guys. I think that sounds, that sounds fantastic good to me. from a Milwaukee <laughs> perspective.
3: Yeah. yeah. So the the thing is the Thunder are adding uh, a lot of future salary here. Like we've talked about, you can reroute Bledsoe. You, you can find another deal for him down the line, but that's three years. Um, the Ilyasova contract, uh, I mean, you can just let that expire. That's fine. The George Hill deal, um, uh, I, I think you were right in that it is not fully guaranteed that final season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you have that as well. Um, I think getting three picks back is, is good in that. I think the Thunder uh, would love to, you know, extract another first out of that deal. But like you said, the Bucks just really don't have that to offer up. And the thing is, you do that, the Thunder now have a first two seconds, uh, some tradable pieces, and, and essentially uh, an expiring George Hill contract. Eric Bledsoe, and then the Thunder still have Chris Paul to make a deal with, with yep. Philly or with New York or whoever it is. I mean, we're talking, once you make that deal, you're pulling in another four or five picks this offseason. Yeah.
4: That's wild. Yeah, I think, I, I just uh, completely aside of anything, and I, I really hate it because I really do not want to see it happen, but like, if I'm Presty, I'm for sure calling Elton Brand all the time. Like, give us Matisse Teibel. Every pick you can muster, and we'll take the terrible El Horford contract. And I do think like, that's something Philly probably really thinks about. Like, Getting Absolutely. off Horford means so much to them.
3: Yeah. Tell me, what we're both uh, you know, impartial observers of the 76ers. Which contract is worse on that team, the Horford deal or the Tobias Harris deal, which still has four years left? Ooh.
5: I actually think it's Horford. It's, it's got to like, be Horford because at least Tobias can do good basketball things.
4: Yeah, like I said this recently, I think on the hardwood hard, hardwood Knox pod. If it, it could help doing, it would help doing pods if I could talk. Goodness. <laughs> um, but like, if I don't think it's really possible, or or, or it would even not even close to likely, I don't think it's really even possible. But like, if for whatever reason the Bucks just sent out like a bunch of salary floats and ended up with Tobias Harris, like this worst results. He's clearly overpaid. I'm not arguing that it's a good contract. But he is still a good player. He's not that level of a max player, but he's, like, a solid 17-plus points, a few rebounds. Like, he's not – you can't look at him as, like, a number one option on the wing, which for whatever reason it feels like Philly did. But, like, I still think there's a good player there. Whereas Horford, he's, like, solid but doesn't mesh with a lot of teams. I don't think he'd mesh well with the Bucs, clearly not with the Sixers. And I think if you're looking at it from Philly's perspective – You'd rather just like pay a bunch of money and have four guys who you really you can look at and see, Yeah, I think they can all play together than like pay a little bit less for El Horford who you're like This guy hates it here and I yeah, see why. Right. And he, and you know, I think aging. I think
3: we've fl- I think we flirted with the idea of like Horford, Dybel, um, Zaire Smith and the Thunder getting their own twenty twenty first back from Philly. Mm. Um, in return for Chris Paul. I think that makes you know, you're Is taking Is that enough
4: f- for you guys? I guess yeah. I guess Tybalt's good.
3: Yeah, I, 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 big fan of Teibel. Um, You know, Zaire Smith probably ends up being nothing because he's been so injury prone. Because prone the, in the his 76ers career. tried to kill him. Yep. <laughs> but they he's poison still, that man. He's still only twenty one years old, which blows my mind. Um, Guys you like know, that. He's, are he's the same age as Shea Gilgis yeah. Alexander, so you can bring him in. And then, funny enough, I don't know if you all know this, but the Thunder lost their twenty twenty first round pick to Philly because they traded it to Philly for Jeremy Grant. The Thunder got a 2020 first-round pick from Denver because they traded Jeremy Grant.
4: <laughs> <laughs> got to complete the cycle of the yeah, 2020 they, they, Jeremy they, Grant
3: they, picks. They slid back four spots in the draft for three years of Jeremy Grant.
5: That's, that's not bad. How does Sam not, keep doing this?
3: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it blows my mind. He's a wizard. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Yes. Level See, 20, okay, man. Just,
5: just saying. Any sort of deal with the Thunder scares me for Milwaukee because of Sam Preston.
4: <laughs>
5: He's going to he find a way an, to get incredible like, timing Middleton of trading something.
3: players yeah. to extract the max value.
5: Like, I know we've been talking all pod about how all of this makes sense, but now that you just said that, I got real scared.
1: <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was like, wait a minute. I'm not sure about this. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Uh,
3: Preston could be like, hey, I'll give you five ones for that $5 bill. And you'd be like, whoa, bro, you're ripping me off uh, somewhere. Yeah, well, Where's know the about catch? This. No, but I, I think this exercise was good. I think th- these are two logical trade candidates, right? Oh. These are two teams that it just makes sense to pair them together to get a deal done. It seems like it makes almost too much sense that it's not going to happen. But I would be surprised if if you put a, uh, a bug on Sam Presti's phone. If we got the NSA to tap his cell phone... <laughs> that the Bucks are not included in these phone conversations he's having about where he's going to ship Chris Paul off to. Hey, hold on. And it, it makes the most sense for Chris as well. Chris wants to win a title. He's 35 mm-hmm. years old. His best option, I think, out of all the possible destinations for him
1: is Milwaukee, and it's not close. How about one last one really quick? Are you guys ready? Yeah. Steven Adams. <laughs> oh, boy. Um... Darius Baisley. Oh. Wow. Okay. Our 2023 first rounder from Miami. Oh no. Oh, our I 2021 first rounder, our 2022nd round one from the nope. Clippers oh. 2021 round one via Miami and or Houston, whoever is best for Giannis Antetokounmpo.
5: We're going <laughs> to pass. Yeah. be in the first <laughs> half. Not going to lie. Oh uh. <laughs>
3: yeah, man! <not> <laughs> awesome. Well guys, it was, it was a blast having you all on, um, and, and, and vice versa. I mean, I know this is going to be cross posted. So, uh, but this is a fun exercise. We always love chatting with you guys. Um, Anybody have any parting thoughts on any of these trades before we log off of here?
4: I just – my main one, not on any specific trade, is like I feel like you guys are looking for less for Chris Paul than I think like some other like impartial non, non-OKC non people like that I've talked about. They're like, you got to be kidding me. That's like not enough. Look how good Chris Paul is. but. Huh. Like I do think looking at it as like you get a year out of him at such a high level and now you can move him and not pay him and get even more stuff for it. I think that's instructive. I think you guys are probably more in line and uh, certainly more in line with any of these national folks on how OKC looks at it. And I think that totally makes sense. Like I, I think that's a very valid way of looking at it. So I'm glad that this trade, these trades seem very doable for the box. I just hope they actually do it.
3: Yeah, For sure. Fair. For sure. Um yeah, I mean, it, it, it's incredible to me that this time, 14 months ago, everyone was talking about how Chris Paul was untradeable. Uh, Houston had to attach two picks and two swaps to get off of him. A year later, now Russell Westbrook looks like the untradeable one, and Chris Paul is going to extract even more value for the Thunder.
1: It, it's it's Not incredible. Bad. It's crazy. Just can't wait to see, so, uh, see Chris and, and Giannis holding up that trophy at the end of next season. Oh, man. tell me about it tell
3: me about it i'm on
1: board we'll you guys gotta you guys. get one
4: in the 2020s now for you yeah, saying that there you I, go i, I we return the favor awesome
3: awesome all right guys well it was a blast uh we will have to do it again soon and you guys take it easy you guys too should yeah. we quickly all do plugs i know we're like an hour over, oh, oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah yeah let's do it let's do it go for it you guys go first okay
4: uh well i'm ty windish i'm the one with the sort of nasally voice you can find me on twitter at ty windish t-i-w-i-n-d-i-s-c-h and really all social platforms if you type in ty windish i'll probably pop up if i'm on there and i am one host of the Eurostep podcast g-y-r-o step it's a Giannis joke please don't ask us if we're going to change the name if he leaves we refuse to think about it uh and my co-host is we're doing this again
5: Oh hi! I forgot again. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm Rohan. I'm the other half of the Eurostep podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at r k a t t i j r for all my weird tweets that some people <laughs> like for some reason. Uh, but yeah, we we do we always do great work on the Eurostep, uh, and you guys always do great work here on the Uncontested. So let let the Eurostep listeners know where to find you guys.
1: Yes, Taylor. So you can find me, I have a word spelling, T-A-Y-L-E-R underscore P-15. Um, and you can often find all of us, um, and as well as me and Jacob, on the Uncontested Twitter account where we like to live tweet games. And we also um, try and tweet from there fairly regularly with whether it's our podcasts that are dropping or trade ideas or rumors or whatever it may be. So be sure to follow at the underscore uncontested as well. Uh, we are a Thunder podcast, but we cover a lot of NBA also so it won't just be thunder specific
3: yeah no just echo at the underscore and contested you can also find me on twitter at jacob niffen the last name is k-n-i-f-f-e-n uh if you follow me just be prepared for tons of denny avdia love,
1: <laughs> all um, of denny that, love.
3: <laughs> that's all i tweet about so uh so if you are a fan of israelis or denny avdia or uh yeah yeah i mean or the thunder follow me and uh you might regret it. I don't know, but I would appreciate it anyways. Uh, and and likewise, the Eurostep guys, you you all do incredible work. Absolutely. We're super happy to be able to do these crossovers with you. They're always a blast, and and we love chatting with you guys. And we'll have to do it again soon after one of these trades actually come to fruition.
4: Let's hope so, man. I could not could not agree more. Thank you so much for doing this, and we I think I certainly had a great time.
3: Definitely, definitely. That was all right, fantastic. See you guys. All
4: right, thanks for listening to this and every episode of the Eurostep, folks. Please subscribe on your platform of choice. It really helps us out, and it makes sure you never, ever miss an episode. And if you're feeling truly awesome, go ahead and leave a rating and review if your platform supports that as well. I know Apple Pods does if you're listening on an Apple device. For even more Bucks content and discussion from Rohan and myself, go ahead and send either of us a screenshot of you listening to the pod or your rating and review, and we will get you in our Eurogroup Discord, a community of Eurostep and Bucks fans who have had a lot to talk about in recent weeks. It has been busy in the Discord. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, go Bucks!
2: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.